Well, Merry Christmas, folks. Four more sleeps. Can't believe it. I mean, we've been talking about it, praying about it, thinking about it, and now here we are. And uh, it's great. We've still got a few more things to do. Some of you guys, have you got your Christmas shopping done yet? Okay, just checking. You've got a couple days yet. And, uh, but anyway, it's great. Great to be with you on a Sunday before Christmas. And we've been working our way through a number of things. And uh, I just want to say, first of all, thank you very much for all of your participation in making Wednesday night the success that it was. And uh, you can read on the back of the sermon notes there. Don't do it now. Uh, but there is a bit of a thank you there. A lot of good report, comments from various people. And uh, let's continue to pray for the follow-up thereof. Uh, because there's a host of people that uh, you may have known all of them. I didn't know hardly any of them. And uh, it was really nice to be able to get around a lot of people within our community that are friends and family of the SCA and also you as a church family. So very delightful evening, and God held off the snow just long enough for us to get it in. I wouldn't want to think about a cancellation on that event. This morning we want to continue. If you have your Bibles, let's look at Luke chapter 2 this morning. And I'm uh, going to read a little bit. Tonight we'll conclude this reading. Um, so if you're out, uh, you can get the whole story. And it looks like we're going to do it again on Wednesday. And that's good too. Never get tired of reading the Christmas story to you. It's just great, 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 great. Chapter 2 of Luke, just the first seven verses. And then we're going to run through a few things quickly here this morning. Try to get you out before 4. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered or taxed. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went out to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed or engaged wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. You just stop and think about that, the king of glory. Can he relate? Yeah. He left the throne of heaven and he came to a manger stall. Everything in between. Jesus Christ. Happy birthday, right? What a wonderful opportunity that we have to celebrate who he is, what he has done. And I trust that our hearts are thinking that way. We've been working our way along the thoughts of Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. And we've been talking through the names of of Jesus as it was prescribed and prophesied way back in the Old Testament that his name would be called Wonderful. And we started right off there and talking through each one of these names. And as they progressively get deeper and deeper and deeper in the understanding of who he really is, 
We understand the wonders of God, and I trust that you've seen it. You look around, you can't help but see what God has done. We move to the place, if he's big enough to do that, he can be a counselor. I can go to him, he can guide and direct me. And then he proves that he is capable of keeping us, saving us to the uttermost, because he is the mighty God. Today we're going to talk, this morning about the Everlasting Father and finish up with the Prince of Peace. So uh, stay tuned. We'll see how it all works out. We've got a few minutes this morning. going to run through this relatively quickly. This is not the easiest section. There's a lot of people, a lot of different things that you could think about. Everlasting Father. We're going to talk about the dimensions of life. If you want to think about it, the box of life. How big is your God this morning? Man without God lives in a shoebox. All they know, all they can experience is what is inside the box. Dreadful. Because we deal with things that are totally challenging to that dynamic. We live in a very interesting world for sure, but the word that we want to start with is this word, everlasting. He's not just called Father, but he's called Everlasting Father. And our mind drifts to a number of different things that we could pick out that might somehow describe everlasting. But one of them is the word life itself. We talk about life. It's not temporary, ladies and gentlemen. That's the point of everlasting. It is eternal. Wow. We look at Micah chapter 2 and we see in the Old Testament, it talks about Bethlehem. And though you were little among the thousands, yet you shall come forth and be the ruler in Israel whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. God Almighty, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, my friend, we've got to open the lid of the shoebox and think outside this morning if we're going to grasp the total concept of Christmas. Everlasting. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Because he is God in the beginning. Colossians 1 and 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. We're going to look at Galatians, and we know that passage of scripture. In the fullness of time, Jesus jettisoned in because we couldn't open the shoebox. The everlasting came into our world. And with that in mind, Jesus breaks open our time-conscious world, revealing everlasting life. Everlasting. We desperately need to be reminded, don't we, this morning, of everlasting 
We're reminded again and again and again in Scripture that this is not our home. I'm just passing through. Have you ever been told that? You wouldn't know it by how much stuff we're dragging into our houses. I mean, how many bags this week did you drag in? In Ontario, you only get to drag one bag out on Monday to the garbage. We've been scurrying around all over the place. My wife took me shopping. (laughs) Jeremy Simpson went as my escort. (laughs) Uh, I don't know which one. Well, no, I won't go there. I was doing fine in the mall in Fredericton. It's pretty spacious. And then she made a right-hand turn in a Walmart. I went in the entrance, I looked, and I turned right around and came back out and sat out on the bench. There's no way I'm going in there. We do this every year. We look for that ultimate gift that somehow is going to present how much we feel and appreciate. And I'm not, I'm not against gift-given. It's good. Enjoy it. But how many of those gifts are going to end up going in a bag on Boxing Day? Back to the same store. Why is there the letdown? It's because we live in the present. My whole life is geared up for today. And as a believer, we know it's going to go past today. And sometimes I even get a little excited and I start thinking about my future. But the problem is I still stop short of eternity. We think about our RSPs and our retirement program. (laughs) Don't want to think about that one long. I could put you in a bottle of Maalox. God wants to remove the lid from our life. The dimension that enslaves us, that entraps us, that's telling our young people they got to get a good education so they can do what? Get a good job. For what? To make money. For what? And we miss eternity's values in view. Our goal is not this world. When we read of Abraham, we're reminded, don't put your tent pegs in too tight. And we grab on to things and we hold them and they are miserable replicas of something promised to us that would bring us joy. There's only one who can ever do that. And it is Jesus Christ. The one that can fulfill the longing. He is the everlasting Father. 
John 17 verse 3 tells us that eternal life is not just about time. It is about knowing God. That is eternal life, my friend. We somehow forget that even in our Christianity. And we're talking to people and we're asking them to consider Jesus Christ and it's escaping hellfire and judgment so that one day you can go and be with Him for all eternity. Yes, that's included. But my friend, the greatest part of eternity is that I can know Him now. I really didn't know Keith well. I got to pick on somebody. I heard about Keith. I could have waited until I got to eternity. But guess what God did? He made us neighbors. can say you know somebody. And we're guilty of that in our world today where we say we know, but we really don't know. Know is an intimate term where it goes way beyond just being able to spell it. It goes to the very heart where we are endeared to that individual. This morning, I present to you Jesus Christ, the everlasting Father who wants you to know Him in that way. <laughs> Merry Christmas, folks. We have that privilege, don't we? Isn't that amazing? I mean, if that doesn't put a smile on your face, I don't know what it's going to take to realize. It has nothing to do with my status. It has nothing to do with my education. It has nothing to do with how much money I got in my pocket or how many friends I have on Facebook. I can know the Creator. Can I tell you something? He already knows you. And He loves you. Because He's everlasting. We talk about Father and we could get into this and this isn't Father's Day so we're going to move along. But we could come up with all kinds of different things that we could put in front of Father, couldn't we? I just picked out a few. And a lot of times we think of Father from our earthly vantage point, what the culture dictates, and we can really be really messed up here. We're not talking about your earthly father. And even in this case, praise God, we've had fathers on this earth that have been an example of God Almighty in their life. But friend, do not allow culture to dictate your decision on who the everlasting Father of God is. You will be sorely mistaken. Our Heavenly Father. 
is way different. But this name was attributed to Jesus Christ. Now, I could spend probably about four and a half hours on that little piece of work. We will probably, you'll let me do that one by myself and you can go home for lunch, right? But when we think of the word father, there's two strains. There's the parent provider and then there's also the author or originator. Those are the two streams that we naturally would attribute to the word Father. And Jesus Christ fulfills both of them. We don't have the time this morning to go around all of it, but it's very important. We're not talking that there's a schizophrenic role in heaven amongst the Godhead because the God the Father, and now we've got... God the Son, the Father. Okay, we're not talking about any of that. At this particular point, it could be the fact that he is the author, the originator. And we think of Jesus Christ and he fulfills these roles. But as we talk about that, we find the first one is that they compare, they, they team up. This great passage, and if you have your Bible, mark this one and go and read it later. Chapter 10 of John talks about this whole area of God the Father and Jesus Christ teaming up to save us to the utmost. They are hand in hand. You cannot be released from their grip. There's no losing of anything, my friend, when it comes to the fact that you are a child of God, you are safe and secure in the Father's hand and the Son. There's no way they're going to lose their grip on you. They keep us that will be obedient, that follow. His word. Very interesting passage. We'll come back and probably deal with that one another day. The second area, though, that I want us to kind of deal a little bit with is this passage in Galatians. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to kind of conclude here this morning. Time is slipping away. Give me a few minutes. And... uh Galatians chapter 4. Not usually a passage that we would read for Christmas... It's cool. When you look at it and you think about it, and it jumps up there, it starts at verse 26 of chapter 3, and it says, For you are all what? Sons of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's neither Jew, Greek, slave, free, male, female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The, The playing field is level. There's none of that in their books. And then it says, but after faith has come, or wait a minute, let me get down here. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4, verse 1, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but he's under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. And then verse 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons, not children, Sons. 
And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father, Daddy. There's that intimate knowledge of him again. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ Jesus. The fact that Jesus in the fullness of time came to redeem those enslaved and made us heirs through him, we see that we are no longer slaves. But we share son status with the Godhead, everlasting Father. This is not a temporary makeover. It's not a turning of a new leaf. It's not a New Year's resolution. This is a once and for all transaction that gives every child of God an everlasting relationship with our Creator. And for good measure, He includes the fact that He came to this sin-soaked world so that we might have life and that we might have it more boringly. I don't think so. Everlasting. So this morning, Jesus is the source of everlasting life. He's the originator. He's the author. He understands and he came so that we could be set free now so that we could enjoy a personal relationship with him And we can spend our time on this side of glory preparing for that which is to come. Did your mom ever tell you to keep your fork after the main meal? Any indication of what that might mean? Dessert's coming. There's a lady in a church. She was buried with her fork pastor had to explain that a little bit but she had a hope that we're just strangers and pilgrims passing through hey boys and girls if you think it's really all about what's under the tree Thursday morning I got news for you you're going to be pretty disappointed how long do those batteries even last It's temporary. What God provided is everlasting relationship with Him. And we've been watching progressive growth. As we work our way through these words, they continue to go deeper into our hearts to eventually we get to that final name tonight. Peace. Peace on earth and goodwill to men. We sing peace in so many of those Christmas songs. Folks, that is the purpose. God wants his children to be at rest with him in this very transient stage that we call ourselves. We need to grow up in him. I'm no longer restricted to the here and now. 
but live with the everlasting knowledge, I am the child of the king. And if my domain is there, what am I living for here? January's coming, folks. Maybe it's time for us to do some heart searching as it relates to the purpose of why God has granted me breath on this side of glory. Amen? Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your word. We're delighted. Thank you so much for all that you have done and the Christmas that we can have if we know you. Today, if there's anyone that doesn't know you, I pray they'll talk to us or just, just going to talk to you. Most importantly, you'll hear them. And you can adopt them into your family. And they can experience everlasting life, the gift of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, folks, just before you go, I have one more. Oh, here they are. I'm not going to embarrass you at all, but I'd like you to stand. Luke and Laura, we have almost, almost, almost married couple in our church this Saturday. So we all wanted to get together with them, and if you have any advice that you'd like to give them beforehand, now's the time to do that, right? We get that part. But we've been working on a little bit of a shower, a, a wedding gift table for you guys. And there's a bunch of presents back there. And we want you guys to know you two are loved and appreciated here at People's. And we are praying for your wonderful wedding that it becomes a godly marriage. A wedding is an event. Marriage is ever lasting ooh might want to talk to me about that one later <laughs> but it's it's a delight and merry christmas and happy birthday this guy does everything on the same week you are one <laughs> smart man you won't be able to forget all of that god bless you right. thank you very much you are dismissed